1: Hello and a very warm welcome to another episode of Wellness with Liz Earle. And in today's show, I am delighted to be joined by leading consultant rheumatologist, Dr. Teha Mahmood, based here in London. Dr. Mahmood is co-founder and director of the London Osteoporosis Clinic, the first of its kind. And it's a clinic entirely dedicated to screening, diagnosing, and holistically treating the underlying causes of osteoporosis. Taylor, this is such an important issue for all women. Thank you so much for joining us today in my Wellbeing Studios.
0: Well, thank you for having me. And uh, we're very glad to get your help in terms of raising awareness about the subject. It's actually very common for women, but also for men too.
1: OK, because we don't tend to think of it as a men's no. issue, do we, osteoporosis? And we tend to think of it only as something that little old ladies get.
0: Yes. Well, in fact, we can get osteoporosis at any age, and you know the numbers. There's three million people in the UK who have osteoporosis. Two million are women, and uh, one million men. But you can have it at any age. I've got patients in their twenties, and I've got obviously really? others who are at a much uh, older age. So I, we look forward. To, I look forward to speaking mm. with you about. The... Well,
1: should we start by actually saying what it is? What what, what is the definition of osteoporosis?
0: So osteoporosis is really uh, a weakness of the bone. It's a loss of bone. Uh, which reduces bone the the strength of the bone, which makes it more susceptible to fracture. And uh, we 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 have tables for what the normal bone density or strength should be, and there are World Health Organization definitions about what osteoporosis might be. So that's one aspect. I like blood pressure, blood pressure over a certain level is too high, or it's within the normal range. But more importantly, what osteoporosis leads to is fractures, and that's. You know, the little old ladies who may have lost height, and we can discuss what the complications of some of those things might be, but all mm. of those things are in fact identifiable at a very early age and uh, are they really yeah at, at any so well, you
1: you can predict from a young person can yes, you, you who can predict, who is
0: susceptible to it? Uh, absolutely so you could we can do various clinical risk assessments and there are other um assessments sort of be there blood tests we can me- measure bone turnover markers would you believe we can see how much bone is being formed how much bone is being broken down and we can do bone density tests and we can Mm. probably go into some detail about that later but but yeah so there's very easy to in a non-invasive way to assess what the bone quality is at any age and then see what's going on with um with that bone over a period over any period of time and do interventions to try and improve the bone stock and the bone strength and to reduce the likelihood of fracture so our aspiration is to Make people more literate about their biology and their bone biology in particular, and to uh, give them s- support and resource um, with, with with your help to be able to influence their bones and prevent fractures from mm. being an issue at a later date. And
1: does this start young? You know, we, we're told in childhood we should you know drink a pint of milk a day and all that for for bone health. Is is does that still hold true?
0: Yeah. So in fact, it starts uh, um starts at the start of life so our bones are one of the first things that forms in womb Uh, and as we touched on earlier all the bones of any child the materials of that or the whole child comes from the mother and in fact the mother loses five percent of her bone mass Per pregnancy, so
1: really, does it go into the new baby then? Yeah, her, the so are, her, her bones are building the baby's bones. Yeah,
0: so the you know, the calcium and and the other sort of materials, the collagen and the, and the elements that go to form the baby obviously has to come from the mother. It has to come from the placenta and the blood supply and so on. So. So it if, doesn't come from food, then. It actually
1: comes from her physical body.
0: Well, just that. I, the the the. That's a good point. So our bones, our whole of our sort of system is in this incredible dynamic state, as you know. So there are thirty-seven trillion cells within all of us.
1: Just a few. <laughs> yeah, and
0: each one of those is an independent entity, as you know. It's got multiple different um, metabolic functions going on, and somehow it has to coexist with the other bits of us, as it were. And so everything is in sort of communication. So as the bone is being formed the con- the materials for that bone are coming um from the mother and some of that might come from the food but some of it comes from her bones so Gosh. each uh, pregnancy results in 5% bone loss in the mom. So, if somebody's. So out, I've
1: had five children.
0: So, yes. Yeah, so am
1: tw- I 25%
0: down? 25% down. Now.
1: How do I get that back? <laughs> yeah. So, well, that's, that's a bit of a
0: worry. That's news to me today. Yeah, it is. Well, <laughs> we're in a similar position. We have five children and uh, my wife's lost a lot of bone too. But Right. Um, okay. I'm listening
1: you, even more intently now. <laughs>
0: you, you, so, the, the, the amazing thing about the body is, and, and this is worth sort of. Um, sort of emphasising maybe is that we're in this incredible metabolic state so there are 37 trillion cells everything is you know in a huge dynamic state everything is being sort of shaped, formed sometimes the cells have to die new cells have to form there's a huge amount of uh, change taking place and an example of that change might be our skin or our nails or hair everything is changing Yeah, we more. can see that as we like age We can see that mm. and, and it's like that with the bones it's like that everywhere else so the bones are always being formed and broken down at
1: so you don't think that, do you? I mean, I don't think. That. I just think I've got my skeleton. It's yeah. inside me. It's happy inside my skin. Yeah. That's it for life.
0: Yeah, and 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 you're right that it, it you can't sort of get a a sort of a, a clear, obvious you know, ac- understanding of what's going on with the bones. But we can, with with modern science and so on, we can understand the biology of bones. We know that they're very dynamic. Um, um, metabolically but bones are very dynamic so bones are always being formed and broken down regardless of your age. Really? Just that the balance changes when you're in your yeah you know, when, when you obviously when your bones are being formed. So utero. when you're young
1: it's really important. Exactly. For what? What? So that's food and exercise.
0: Food and exercise your genetics obviously have an influence but it's your muscle mass in fact is uh, a really key factor so how active you are. Your nutrition, and you emphasise a lot, uh, you know, many aspects of nutrition, so calcium, vitamin D. Yes. So, to get the best bone mass, um, you need to have the right nutrition and exercise, uh, and uh, avoid injuries and avoid things that could have a negative effect on your bones. Try so, not to break them. Yeah, try. <laughs> yeah. well, well, if I mean, if, if if you if you do break them, I mean, they will mend, and there's, you know, it's, it's 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 not a big thing. But if you've got things that are going on which. Re, re, negatively impact your general health, your muscle health, your nutrition, your activities and or you're doing other things that have a negative effect. So be that, you know, in adulthood, such as alcohol, smoking, other medical conditions, being on steroids, there's a whole bunch of different things. So
1: they'll weaken the bones. We, so weaken alcohol the bones. weakens the bones?
0: Alcohol weakens the bones. Oh dear, so by
1: how much? I mean, are we still allowed a glass or two of wine in the we evening? We can
0: have, well, the, the the sort of measure is, the cut up is by yes. three. No, you definitely are. <laughs> um You can have I think one or two units would be fine. If you have three or more units, mm. then that's a negative, um, has a, a significant negative effect on your bones. So... How? how? How does that work? How does drinking too much alcohol affect
1: the bone? Yeah, I, I think
0: the mechanisms is not fully understood, but it, it, there is definitely some key risk factors that are so, such as um, obviously being older, um, having, um, smoking, being mm. on steroids, um, having another medical condition, be that rheumatoid arthritis or other inflammatory conditions, mm-hmm. having thyroid, having early um, menopause, having any other medical conditions, such as uh, inflammatory bowel disease or uh, asthma, diabetes.
1: Dosh um, is all it in links into weaker bones. Yeah, there's
0: probably about forty odd conditions. Mm-hmm. So pregnancy is one of those. So you lose you you lose bone during pregnancy. Um, the, 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 and, and nutrition, such as calcium, vitamin D, are commonly reduced or not optimal for a lot of people. Uh, vitamin D, in particular, we find in clinics is very low. So, so your, your bones are in a, this constant state of flux, and there are lots of factors that impact it. So if, for example, you become immobile for any period of time, so if you, you, know, you break your arm, you go put in a sling within 12 hours, so you've lost some muscle. Um, And as you lose muscle, you lose bone. So in the example, another example might be astronauts, you know, when they're in outer space, they lose 1% of their bone per month that they're in outer space. So when they come back, they've lost a lot of muscle. They've gained height, as you know. They, they, they become, oh, do they? Because the gravity is keeping us down.
1: But that's not because they've got more bones. because they've got less bones. No,
0: no, they've got they've got less bone. Well, they've got less muscle and less gravity, and gravity is compressing things. I see. And so when they come back, you know, they're sort of like always, they don't just run off from the wherever they're collecting. Yes. Do they? they sort of have to from be carried off shuttle. somewhere. Right. <laughs> so, so coming back to your pregnancy, that you lose a lot of bone, but you can recover it by nutrition and exercise. Mm-hmm. So if you can, you know, build your muscle, improve your nutrition... And with, with um, a lot of these things we don't have to worry we don't have to wonder we can um do some simple tests but clinical assessment and also investigations it. to see mm. what your bone status both bone strength is. We can do um, a DEXA scanners you know which yes. c- yeah, is yeah, a low radiation a um, to to determine what it is so I think with, with a lot of these things that influence the bone we don't have to sort of guess or wonder or you mm-hmm. know you know just be unaware we can just do some simple okay. non-invasive assessments. So
1: coming back to childhood and I know a lot of mums will be listening and young people as well what are the best foods that we should be eating particularly in childhood and then later on to to build those bones from the beginning?
0: Yes so the, the thing that we find most um, uh, likely to be an issue is vitamin D. A lot of the population mm. in temperate climates, and in fact, in non-temperate climates, is that because too, we're not getting the sunshine? We're not getting the sunshine, and because the
1: vitamin, uh, the vitamin D government says we should now all supplement.
0: Yeah, I, and I think maybe they're still suggesting that we have lower amount than we actually need. We probably need about eight hundred international units or a thousand. Uh, a day rather than, you know, what might be suggested, which is, you know, a bit less than that. So, and the issue with that is just, just lifestyle. And there's some studies Mm. in the Middle East, in Israel, in Saudi Arabia, and again, about 80% of the people are low in vitamin D. And that's because... Even in the sun. Even in the sun. Because uh, because they're culturally covering up. They're covering up, but also, you know, a lot of people just don't go out. They don't, you Mm -hmm. know, if you went out and you were wearing a t-shirt and your arms and your face were exposed, you would make about 3000 units of vitamin D in about 10, 15 minutes. And that changes if you've got pigmented skin, it changes if you're a bit older, it changes in what your diet is. But, but you can make vitamin D very quickly. Uh, but you know, there is this sort of tendency either to use lots of sunscreens or sure. to avoid the sun or just, you know, we, have, we play games on computers rather than sort of spend yeah. time being outside. So I think there's a... Few of those things, and again, we don't have to guess. You can have a blood test. We can know what your vitamin yeah, D is. Can we can correct it. that.
1: There are different types of vitamin D, aren't there? So, which is the one that's most important for supplementing for bones? I think
0: vitamin D three is the commonly available. D3. I think mm. it almost sort of doesn't matter. And I think we can check the levels. D three is the one that's readily measured in most of the labs and so on. So you know what mm-hmm. it is. But so vitamin D is often low, and then calcium can be low in some people. So some people may be lactose uh, lactose intolerance and uh, may not be able to tolerate um, milk or not have enough other sources of calcium. As you know, you can get vitamin D, sorry, calcium from non-dairy sources as well. Mm. So again, we can check the calcium level and see what it is. There are lots of other trace elements such as magnesium and zinc and a bunch of other things. We've got a little thing on our website which which, um, gives some information about nutritional elements which go to help um, which 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 are important in children and adolescent uh, bone health. So they right. can sort of just download it. And, and
1: how it. important is dairy? Because I have to say, you know, I'm a fan of dairy. I'm a, a fan of full fat milk, cream, yoghurt, you know, especially if it's live, fermented. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I take issue with people who who you know, you know, unless you have you know you have a serious uh, food um, allergy rather than just an in- intolerance, which I think can be corrected um, in various other ways, which I know we've talked about before. But what's your view as a rheumatologist and, and, and a bone expert?
0: Yeah, so I th- I think we basically want people to have enough calcium and vitamin D and the other supplements. Um, We try not to be too prescriptive in terms of where you get your calcium, because I think some people come to a very particular and strong view about, you know, they want to have this or that source of their sort of nutritional elements. I mean, it's simpler, much simpler, just, you know, have a normal diet with relatively Mm. readily available ingredients and items. but, But I think we want to. Want to be very respectful of people sort of sure but I think view, it's but... about making
1: the point that it's you know dairy products are easy to get hold of you know virtually you know every well every corner shop you know every supermarket they're inexpensive yeah um I've read that the you know some people who are anti-dairy will say that the calcium is not easily absorbed and actually takes you know weakens your bones is there any truth no, in that there's,
0: there's no truth in that I mean you know dairy is a, a great source of calcium it's a readily available source of calcium, as you as you say, it's inexpensive, and it's best to get your nutrients from real food rather than supplements. Yeah, and, and that may not be absorbed. That, that it, may not be absorbed mm-hmm. exactly. So I think, I think if I mean if you're in terms of the nutritional value, the, the calcium from your dairy is absolutely fine, and it would have the right effect in terms of helping your bones become stronger. So there wouldn't be any advice to avoid dairy because of, you know, how effective the calcium would be, would just be absolutely mm. fine. So calcium, vitamin D are the, the, the most things that are uh, it's, it's not, may not be optimal in, in, at any age. Um, and and vitamin D is probably more important than, than calcium cause a lot of people might get calcium. And as you know, mm. calcium in a diet may not be absorbed if we um, don't have enough vitamin D. So we need oh, it the needs vit- the vitamin D, it does needs it, needs the vitamin to work. D, absolutely. So right. in fact, a lot of the drugs for osteoporosis won't work either unless the vitamin D is correct. So sometimes we emphasise the wrong thing. And- That's so
1: crucial then, because people do just say, oh yes, calcium for bones. You don't automatically say, oh, vitamin D for
0: bones. Yeah, yes, you. vitamin D is the thing. And, the, and calcium, as you know, is super unpalatable and, you know, it gives people...
1: Calcium lots. supplements
0: are not great, no. Yeah, exactly. Like so, so- chalk. <laughs> exactly, and they would have all sorts of and so people, yeah. most people don't take them. And then... You know, even if they or they take them in the wrong way and so on, so you right. don't end up having the full effect. So, some people, you know, t- take some of these things in a less than an optimal way, and, right. and then they don't have the full effect of of the you mm. know, the, 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 the the supplements or the. Drugs so, if if you're
1: been. having, you know, if you are dairy free, um, and there's obviously so many choices now with all the different nut milks and plant milks and things, presumably the the issue there is to make sure that it's fortified synthetically fortified with calcium and vitamin d
0: yeah so i think do whatever you're doing but get your levels checked yeah and then 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 you can sort of be aware that whether it's low or not but if your calcium is low in your diet or you haven't got vitamin d whatever calcium you're taking doesn't get absorbed mm. and the calcium that you need to maintain you know number of bodily functions just muscle nerves a bunch of other functions has to come from your bones so you've got this stock of calcium in your bones and that oh gets I depleted. see so
1: it's like a bank it's yeah, a nutrition you, bank that exactly. your body
0: uses for other things exactly yes so as a youngster you know somebody who's you know as a child or adolescent or adulthood up to about thirty five odd you, that's when you're sort of accumulating your bone stock and then you're sort of maintaining it and unless you maintain some other things that help make your bones a bit stronger it's going to decline very gently and after um, um, well, in women, perimenopausally,
1: So sort of mid forties onwards, yeah,
0: mid forties onwards, mm. um, you lose five percent of your bone per year for about four, per, year? per Might year. You're
1: going to end up with none. I mean, if we all live to you know to be a hundred, which 80, we're all, all odd, work, working on, age. yeah, yeah. No, but the how thing that, is, how's that going to work then? We don't have any bone left at all. No, no.
0: But the thing is, if you're able to do those things, the nutrition and the exercise, and do some other stuff to reverse the whole thing. Your, your bone can go up at any time. so It can go is, up. Yeah. So, so you can is, build bone density. Totally. So this is why we're like really, but, you know, um, I don't know, we're desperate to get this message out to yes. as many people as possible. Yeah. So your bones are super metabolically active. They're going up and down at, at any sort of juncture so if you take steroids they go down very quickly so you can lose 15% of your bone within three months of having a large dose of steroids Gosh. but you can reverse that by doing a bunch of other things so like what
1: because I I mean I know people who've been on steroids for, for medical reasons
0: yeah so I think obviously reduce the steroid dose find the yes. alternative to steroids nutrition yep. exercise check the level do the DEXA mm. scan so do the d- DEXA
1: scan is something that I when I hit 50 I got a note from my GP saying right. you know come and have your well, bone scan most places don't give you yeah that, so. So, so tell us about that what what is a DEXA scan involve and how does it work?
0: Yeah so a DEXA scan is, is one measure of what your bone strength is and it's, uh, um, it's, it com- it's given a, a value as a T score or a Z score. T score is what your bone level is in terms of standard deviations w- compared with your peak bone mass and if it's minus 2.5 standard deviations away from your peak bone mass then that's the definition of osteoporosis. But that's Gosh. one measure. You need some right. caution in how you interpret that. And some people might have what's called osteopenia. So that's not osteoporosis. Mm, it's osteo- tell us about that. So osteopenia is really the intermediate stage between normal and abnormal. And, okay. Uh, and uh, the, the the issue with that is that most people have fracture in sort of globally, so with the whole population. In fact, it's the osteopenic patient who have most fractures. you say, well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Because there's way more people with osteopenia, you're more likely to have a fracture. Lots more people are having fractures we have osteopenia. So when somebody has a bone density and they say, oh, osteopenia, first of all, the interpretation may not be absolutely correct. Right. But also... Um, that, is, that shouldn't be reassuring us that somehow we're not going to get fractures because you still can get a fracture mm. because you do have s- increased susceptibility to fracture. I mean, you can get fracture at any age yes. at, and any bone density, but your risk goes up more and more the, the less st- the, as the bone strength reduces. And so people with osteopenia can do certain things, avoiding drugs, that can help improve their bone density, so you, your mm-hmm. bone density can increase at any age
1: okay, so those i mean i was we were talking to I think it was Candice Brown who uh, is a great British bake off winner, and she was talking about how she 's very careful with her diet because she has osteopenia, and actually i 'm sure she 'd be very interested to hear that you know you can build definitely density back and that 's through diet through exercise
0: diet and exercise so. I mean we would encourage people to think about exercise there's some stuff on our website There's some other things we Mm. can send people and we encourage people to think about exercise and send them a program. And And
1: how does that work? How does exercising make our bones better?
0: There's very clear evidence that links uh, we understand a lot of bone biology full stop and we understand a lot of the mechanisms that are involved in reducing the bone strength and improving bone strength and there is a very direct coupling between muscle and bone. So that's through various mediators that communicate between the muscle and the bone. So as the muscle strength goes up, the bone strength goes up. Interesting. And also there's a mechanical effect. So as as the muscle gets stronger, it puts more demand on the bone and there are mechanoreceptors in the bone which get distorted and that is a trigger for the bone to get stronger. So if you have any, is it like
1: stressing it then, and then it responds well to that? Exactly. Stress. Yeah.
0: So if there's more demand. It's just can it's just like you know, it, it's it's responding to the 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 need, the bio, biological demand on this on the system. So mm-hmm. if you are able to improve your bone strength, then you're. Uh, improve your muscle strength and your bone strength right, will well go automatically. up. automatically. So I have lots of patients, you know, might come to clinic and they're in a wheelchair they've lost a lot of muscle and then when we do their bone density their bones have gone down and there's lots of other evidence uh, we see in clinic too where patients have just taken to doing exercise to improve their muscle strength and their bone density goes up. And so is that, that like weight lifting and things like that exactly. that you might do to build yeah, muscle so mass? Be, there's a series of things that we send people, we work with um, uh, an exercise expert and we give mm. that as a routine part of our clinical assessment and is
1: that did they start with walking i mean it is it's, it's all about weight bearing isn't it it's all about so anything bearing. that carries your weight so literally you're not having to pick up heavy weights but you are doing something that involves your weight like walking running
0: dancing exactly i think any any other things and particularly if you can find something that you enjoy doing great because that will sort of yeah. you know make you more interested and it would be like more, tennis
1: uh, dancing so yeah. is, is that so is swimming presumably non-weight bearing
0: yeah so so I mean, so first of all, do anything you can do because that's good for you and there's a whole bunch of other good factors. But we focus particularly on getting people to increase their muscle mass. And you say, oh, hold on. What's that all about? How can Mm. you increase muscle mass? Yeah, I haven't had that link
1: before, muscle and bone. Totally.
0: It's completely sort of proven. And, And so we set targets to patients about, you know, increase your muscle by one or two kilograms or whatever period of time, we'll yeah. give them a program. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, a lot of the time they're able to achieve that. Mm-hmm. And when you're able to do that, your, your bone density goes up. So, so instead of, so we would say, you know, in terms of there's only so much attention we have, so much focus we can generate. And we would say that any focus or interest or attention they have, we, they put it towards improving their, their, their activities. And increasing their muscle mass. Right. So walking is great, twenty minutes a day can make a difference. Mm-hmm. But you want to go beyond that. Sure. You want to actually put on some muscle and you say, well, well, my shape's gonna change, it doesn't change. Um
1: you just get leaner anyway, do you Exactly. We? leaner so, and stronger?
0: Yeah, and then but it's gonna give you way more energy. Right. And it sort of you know and it's linked to all sorts of other things. I oh, you've got a big interest in sort of hormones yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll definitely we'll talk about so, hormones. So so I think I mean we're sort of particularly keen to emphasize the focus of control back to the patient and Mm -hmm. they're doing simple things to help themselves to be able to um, see the change in terms of their you know how they feel Mm. and and you know have a a way other you know many other effects other than their bones and then we can demonstrate you know by looking at the bone markers and seeing what the bone markers are doing great that it's also positive
1: Well, I would like to come on and talk about midlife women and menopause um, because that's, I know, the age that a lot of us do think about osteoporosis. But before that, can we just very briefly touch on the younger women in two areas? One, eating disorders and anorexia, because I know that massively affects... Bones, um, and also you, you mentioned pregnancy and childbirth. So I would just like to touch on, you know, what we should be doing post our children having munched their way through five percent of our bone density, yeah. little monkeys. So, so young girls, young women in particular, and this extraordinary rise of anorexia and eating disorders. How is that impacting their bone
0: health? Yeah, unfortunately, that does have a very direct impact on their bone health. So, um, the, some of the younger patients I have do have issues with. Either they had issues with eating or being underweight or not having regular periods, or now or in, in the past. And there is evidence that we can use certain drugs to help improve the bone density. Um, and if we can improve the nutrition, improve the exercise, that mm. will really help you get better results. Then I guess nutrition
1: getting... is tricky, isn't it? If you're dealing with people with eating disorders. Uh,
0: yes, and I think you know a lot of us are just you know what our thinking is, and so on. So you have to work with a psychologist and, mm. and others to try and improve. But but if you, I mean, if you don't have the you know the the, the elements that go to make the bone, you can't make the bones right so, yes so you know it's sort of it's, it's a simple equation so you know we are what we eat and Got to feed them good we stuff. are what we're thinking and, mm. and, and what company we keep so yeah so it's sort of all of those sorts of things and I think I mean what we find is that patients are super bright they're really intelligent they're very very capable and, and they just want some evidence stuff presented to them in a you know, an open, understandable mm. way. But
1: there is a positive outcome that you can have. having yeah, yeah, you so can definitely animals, so you, you, yeah. you can so that you don't always you're not destined to a lifetime of, of of weak bones.
0: No, definitely. So that's so you could be. I mean, one of your questions was something if you're ninety or whatever. I mean, your bones mm. are changing throughout your life. So as long never as too late. Never we love we late. love that message here. Seriously, <laughs> we never, love that message because it's never you're, too you're late. changing all the time. You're this huge, <laughs> yeah. dynamic, metabolically active entity, and so any, anything that you, you know you do has an impact on you so mm. so absolutely your bones are always changing as is as the rest of you and so your bones can get stronger so you know you can be at any age and 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 your bones can get much stronger so although they can change and you can lose a lot of bone doing different things or being mm. immobile for a period of time or having a medical condition you can uh, come back you, you can absolutely reverse it and after
1: childbirth what, is there anything specific I mean do we suddenly really need to focus then on, on yeah, eating much more calcium and vitamin D yeah, I think
0: yeah calcium vitamin D yeah. and, and, and more and, exercise and, that's more exercise. that kind yeah. of holy trio think, yeah, is it really exactly yeah I think if you the, you know it's eighty twenty. so I think if you can do those three things then you're doing 80% of what you need to do there's always extra stuff to do and we can do different assessments and there's an mm. issue or there's a family history we can do some other right. interventions we can do bone there's, there's like a myriad of different things we can do but I think and what we can't get beyond, you know, the, the foundations of all of this stuff, it has to be the nutrition because you've got to get those elements right. And then, you know, we can't, you know, overcome that by giving you drugs or anything. And you want to avoid drugs wherever possible. Sure. And and if you can do the exercise, not only is it going to have a, a positive effect on your bones and your muscles and a bunch of other systems. Uh, but it's also it's going to give you way more energy and it reduces your cancer risk and reduces you know. all
1: the other benefits. Yeah. So, so let's, let's talk now about later life. And I think most people, when they hear the word osteoporosis, they are thinking, you know, older women. And as we've mentioned, it's not just women, it's men as well. Yeah. What is the connection with later life? Is it just that our bones have been so depleted or is there a, a hormonal element that's affecting us as we lose estrogen, as we age? Yeah
0: absolutely so there's a bunch of different things certainly there's a hormonal change particularly in women particularly around the menopause and you lose this five percent per year for about four or five years around the menopause um there's also we may become inactive we lose muscle mass so there's something called sarcopenia you may have come across where we lose muscle as we get older now that's not nothing to do with the biology. It's all to do with what we do, and that's
1: just our lifestyle, is it? Just us it just, being slowing bit, down, a bit lazier.
0: But yeah, just just because we're doing less, and it's also about our expectation, because we think, oh somehow I shouldn't be doing a bit of this, and you do less, and and so on. So your muscle doesn't care. You know, if you exercise, your muscle will get bigger. It, you know, you could be 90, you could be you know 19, it will change. You may take a little bit longer. You might do it a bit more gradually, mm. but as long as you have the Protein and you do the exercise, and you you know focused on you know and probably best to be supervised. Yeah, but yeah. but your muscle will change. So so you can put on muscle at any age, and that's why we sort of keep focusing on the muscle part. So if you can do, there's a hormonal thing, and you can improve that, and you can you know get supplements or whatever, or, or get look look address that in whichever way that you can, but a lot of it is the muscle is lost because we are inactive you know, we may have an injury we may have a bunch of other things going on which are limiting on what we do mm. but as soon as you know that's been dealt with we should try and recover our activities we should try and improve our muscle uh, strength and if you can do the muscle strength then you will then make your bone stronger right. and have all the other sort of positive effects mm. that we want to have so We know
1: that achy joints is one of the symptoms of the menopause as we um, as we lose estrogen as a rheumatologist do you get patients referred to you thinking that they might have issues here when actually it is a it's a it's a it's a menopause issue it, it's not the fact that they're having arthritis or developing um, you know, some kind of rheumatoid condition.
0: Yes, no, indeed. So, so that, uh, I mean, joint problems is definitely associated with with sort of menopause and perimenopausal symptoms. Uh, I mean, it depends on what the features of that are. Um, they, they may have a start of a new condition. Could you do get a peak of inflammatory arthritis or rheumatoid arthritis in later life as well as early life? So you do need to be assessed. And there are, I mean, there's about 200 different rheumatic conditions. Would you Gosh. believe that might affect your joints? But uh, uh, so, so I think you definitely need to be assessed, and with osteoporosis too, you need to be assessed for any secondary cause for your osteoporosis. Uh, but but yeah, a proportion of patients will definitely have uh, will be perimenopausal or menopausal, and they, they they need to have you know that aspect of it addressed rather than mm. just having more drugs because you know sometimes we rush to diagnosis in clinical settings and we yes. give people a label and then throw a drug at them and then sort of think. That's going to solve things and it yes. usually doesn't because... <laughs> and they have a side a effect of, somewhere else. Exactly. Well, 10% of people in hospital are because of the side effects. Oh, that is a scary statistic. Yeah, no, I'm afraid it's... Uh, it, it is. And so I think drugs have a really important role but they sure. should be used in combination with a bunch of other things and if you can use them in association with... Um, you know various things that the patient do for themselves mm. that 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 has to you know be more empowering and i was
1: going to say much more empowering too what about hrt what's your view on that for for bone
0: strength yeah so hrt has definitely shown to improve your bone density so just as we know if you reduce estrogen your bone density goes down and by improving uh, by having hrt bone density is improved Uh, I personally don't uh, prescribe any HRT. I sort of send them to Dr. Harper or other people who have a particular interest in that. And, you know, replacing people's um, hormones has a big impact on a whole series of other functions that Mm. they, you know, a whole series of other symptoms that they experience. Yes. So so it definitely has a a role. And with all of these things, I think sometimes we guess and wonder, and sometimes, because the NHS on occasion can be quite rationing, we sort of mm. we don't you know we don't assess or, or 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 you know determine exactly what's going on so i think with all of these things with the bone density or whatever you could go on whatever series of intervention we can then measure what the effect on your bones is mm. uh, be that sort of different tests or or, or the DEXA scan mm. so so i think hrt definitely has a role to play but it's not a mainstream uh, thing to do in in sort of osteoporosis, so it causes some concerns about safety and so on. I think they were mm. overblown. Mm-hmm. But yes, I, no, no, absolutely uh, we agree. Uh, but we we work with people who have a particular expertise in that, and we get their mm. advice um, for, yeah. for our patients.
1: What about other hormones? What about things like testosterone? Does that have a, a role to play with bones?
0: Yeah, it definitely has a role to play in bones. I mean, it's the, 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 I mean, the, there are there's osteoporosis associated with being um, having low testosterone levels as is you there? know yeah so there's mm. uh, if you have low um testosterone you have a whole bunch of different symptoms including bone um you can definitely get bone density improved with replacing testosterone so there's lots of studies in men there's mm. some safety issues and uh, sometimes you use alternative to testosterone but i think if testosterone is so in male patients we would definitely test for testosterone levels and make sure that uh, you know that wasn't a, a secondary cause for um uh, osteoporosis, and then you would you, you, and you would work with endocrinologists to replace the testosterone. Right, and has... looking
1: at hormones all over the the, yeah. the the picture of hormones. But one way of
0: generating more testosterone is building muscle.
1: Is it really? You can make your own testosterone. Can you, well, you?
0: you know, it's, it's all it's all in this. You know, because you're making lots of things it's all the time, right? <laughs> so, so there are lots of sort of sources of making different hormones and so on. So, so vitamin D is the, the, obviously the commonest thing that's low, but I think testosterone mm. can be low in some people. And it it, it 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 sort of had to be judiciously corrected and, and improved. But if you can put on some muscle mass, it's going to have some positive effect on your mm. testosterone level as well. So
1: how would you sum up your message then for all of us? I mean, I know that the majority of, of my listeners here are women and midlife and beyond maybe you know, concerned about osteoporosis, may have a family history, may be feeling the effects of it, may have already started to have fractures. What's your message to them to take away? It sounds very hopeful that there are things that we can do. What are the key messages that you'd like to to put out there?
0: Well, I suppose, first of all, just to maybe slightly stepping back and to be amazed by the, by their body and the biology that they yeah. have. It's like incredible. And to, and to be slightly in awe of it. And then the next thing would be to be sort of a bit more proactive and a bit more curious about who and what they are and what's going on with themselves, and to you know look at a lot of the material that you produce about nutrition and you know sort of things that impact their health and well-being, and particularly for osteoporosis. They can look at some of the material on our website, London Osteoporosis Clinic or, or, or some of the other resources mm. within the NHS. Yeah,
1: and we'll, we'll put all those in the notes, definitely.
0: Thank you. Um, just to, to go through the, with the, any of the clinical risk factors for osteoporosis or have they had a fracture, have they got a family history of osteoporosis or a hip fracture or anybody in their family who has lost height. Um, right. If they have another medical condition, be that rheumatoid. Or thyroid or endocrine problems or bowel conditions asthma irregular periods or lack of periods Um, if they've been on any drugs so if they got any of those things they increase the risk of an osteoporosis and they could uh, possibly you know go and see somebody um, or if necessary uh, have an assessment you know be that clinical assessment or be that a DEXA scan because osteoporosis doesn't have any symptoms bit like blood pressure so you don't want to wait for a stroke or a heart attack before you go and be assessed. You, you don't want to have a fracture before you be assessed. And the issue with osteoporosis and fractures is that if you have one fracture, your life expectancy goes down. If you have more than one fracture, your life expectancy goes down expeditiously. So, how,
1: how is your life expectancy affected by breaking
0: a bone? So th- there's some studies which look at uh, vertebral fractures and hip fractures. And uh, so you can you, know, you can follow people over a, a, you know over many decades and see those who had a fracture in the spine or the hip and those who had a uh, who didn't have a fracture as such in, in the population and you find that even if you have a single vertebral fracture your life expectancy goes down now that may be a whole bunch of other things that are going on so and if you do have one fracture unfortunately your risk of a future fracture goes up many folds so if you have one vertebral fracture your risk of another vertebral fracture goes up fivefold. If you have two, then it goes up 12-fold. Is that and, because it's
1: really showing that your bones are just not able to withstand yeah. any kind of impact? Yeah.
0: So, and you know, uh, we we all weigh something. So they're carrying you know several kilograms, and if we hold and lift something, that's car- it's carrying that. So um, our bones have to do you know a lot of stuff. And I mean, you we may not realise this, but our bones are just a cylinder of tissue. Inside it's hollow, where the bone marrow is just producing all the stuff. So they're like amazingly strong and yet very light, and and have to do a whole bunch of different functions. So if you and those people that we might see in the street, you know, with, you know, bent over or or, mm. or, or um, having lost a lot of height, or, all of their chest abdomen pelvic content is then concertina together so they will have symptoms in every system right it's
1: affecting everywhere so
0: I've got patients you know, with their hips as I said, their, their um, ribs are touching their pelvis gosh because so they've just
1: lost so much in their spine so they've
0: lost so much so just imagine how you know you can't breathe mm. you know you, you can't eat anything because there's no cavity stomach cavity yeah you're just super uncomfortable you're going to and from the doctor for x number of things so so you just by looking at these population studies if you have a fracture in the spine you have a multiple other fractures and just by having a single fracture your life expectancy goes down and even a hip uh, you may have seen the numbers 10 percent of people who have a hip fracture won't survive that first month Another Good 10% heavens. won't survive the 11th next 11 months. So within a year, 20 odd percent of people have not survived.
1: So I mean, you don't you don't think of a hip fracture as being so, a fatal, a potentially fatal condition. It is really
0: you. consequential, and you know there's a whole bunch of other things that come into play. Yeah. So and then another quarter will go into an institution, mm. and only half of them will go home. And of the total, only about 20% of them will be independent again. So they need help. They got pain. They need and yeah. This is all. So this is why we're super disturbed and we're yes. very privileged to get your help in terms of reaching people with a message that these are very serious things mm. and yet we can identify them at any age. There's some stuff that we can do to help improve bone strength and prevent the likelihood of future fractures yes. and have all those consequences and suffering and the, you know, the NHS costs. So there's two mm. million bed days of the NHS per year because of... Osteoporosis related fractures, and we think that's which like is preventable, totally preventable. Mm. And, and so, so, so I think if we, people be curious about their bones, mm-hmm. l- look at you know, some, if they've got any of the risk factors, then go and get some help and assessment. Mm. And then, if they have got any issues with osteoporosis, to see whether or not they're doing all the things they could do to help themselves, yeah, diet, to,
1: exercise, calcium, and vitamin check, whether D-
0: it, check whether it's working, check, and yeah. if it's not working, you know, in terms of. You know, clinical assessments or repeat tests, be that bone markers or Mm -hmm. bone density, then then you know change the intervention because we we need to be fixed on the outcomes and about prevention rather than saying I'm doing this and I think I'll leave it for five years and you know be more proactive. We need to be super urgent because you know within a year you can see a bone density change, so we want to know. And I think sometimes the the NHS system is so massive; it's not always very responsive and. We're trying to make the case for the NHS to be more preventative and to and to be more proactive in terms of preventing conditions from manifesting in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have to worry about scrambling afterwards and doing yeah. multiple operations and then not, not being very um, successful. And we have done some studies looking at NHS surgeries and how well they're doing in terms of treating their patients and less than 20% are being treated properly. So in terms of, so one of the reasons why we started this uh, coming back to Gosh. the beginning is that... This whole area is really very poorly served in terms of, you know, the clinical interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes the patients are very polite, you know, so, I mean, just, you know, just imagine if this was HIV and we had a preventable thing yeah. and treatable and and we were doing nothing and we were just letting you have multiple fractures and the system was such that said, you have to have multiple fractures. And you had to be really bad and really disabled before we give you something that might actually work. Yes. Why, why would you want to? Yeah. And so the people need the fact who serve their communities, serve their families, serve their sort of you know, you know, sort of workplace, and and now they say, oh, I think I'll just keep put up with it. And yeah, this is my luck because I'm going to be losing height. And yes, and I can't breathe. And yes, I've got to do this. So we, you know, we would really plead with those people not to put up with their symptoms. And actually for the rest of us, is to be really proactive about getting people. Mm -hmm. So your listeners, I mean, they're like the amazingly... Capable group of people, you know. Yeah, I am
1: excited for everybody. We're going to be building the
0: strongest bones. Well, because we think it's because they can take an interest in the children, and they can take an interest in their, and an yeah. interest in their parents, and they can yeah. take an interest in themselves.
1: That's the great thing, isn't it? That's the, that's my really encouraging message. Actually, from uh, from today, speaking to you, is that it's never too late. I, I did worry that we had a cut off point Mm-mm. and that we couldn't bring our bones back to great health.
0: No, your bones are waiting there to be you know to be helped and to help you.
1: Oh well, thank you. Well, on that positive note, that is sadly all we have time for today but i will make sure that i go through everything with Taher afterwards and we put lots of resources on our podcast notes we'll put the best sources of bone building calcium and vitamin d and all the tests um, and interventions that we've talked about today and you'll find those over on lazarwellbeing.com and that is where you can also sign up to my newsletter and we'll have some bone building recipes, well-being wisdom, and many more exclusive behind the scenes treats too. Now don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app to ensure the next episode is downloaded safely without you having to remember to do it. And I think if it's anything like today's, this is really life changing stuff. So I would love it if you could review and share as it really does help other potential listeners to find us and to hear this massively important message especially today from teresa and until the next time we chat go very well bye
0: hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter